Hey everyone, it's Mosh Wanunu. This is a special edition today of the Mo News Podcast. Today, we are devoting the entire episode to good news for once. Michelle Figueroa is a longtime journalist for CNN, Al Jazeera, multiple other outlets. She took to Instagram just over four years ago to create an account exclusively devoted to good news. Since then, the Good News Movement page has built a community of more than 5 million on multiple platforms, gained celebrity followers like Tom Brady, Prince Harry, Jennifer Garner. The page features incredible stories of humans doing good around the world. A reminder that yes, people are good, good things happen, despite most of the news headlines you see day in and day out. The exciting news is that Michelle also has a new children's book out called A Good Thing Happened Today, inspired by the stories she has featured on her Instagram account. I know you're really going to enjoy this conversation and Michelle's story, how she uh, came to develop the page and how she goes about uh, curating and reporting out those stories day in and day out. A heads up that I spoke to Michelle on Instagram Live on February 15th, so the Instagram recording may have a couple hiccups audio-wise, but I thought it was so important to share this conversation regardless of the audio. Before we get started here, a reminder to follow or subscribe to the show on whatever app you listen to us on, and please leave us a review, especially on Apple or Spotify. The reviews make such a difference and help us grow this podcast. With that, here's my conversation from Instagram Live this week with Michelle Figueroa of the Good News Movement. Hey, there you are. How are you? I'm great. How are you? Good. This is so exciting. I was telling people just before you arrived, Michelle, that, um, you know, obviously the world is what it is. And there's a lot of um, negativity and a lot of stories that can get you down. And what I love about the account you've created at Good News Movement is you know what you're going to get. You're going to inspire. I'd love to hear your story. How did it come about? Well, it started with an ear infection in bed. <laughs> and it sounds like such a ridiculous thing to uh, to mention, but those are p- very painful. And I couldn't really do much, but I was kind of reflecting on my over 10 years of being a journalist and getting turned down left and right when I pitched my good news stories. I mean, I'd go to all the networks. So I'm basically what you call a permalancer, like a permanent freelancer, mostly for CNN Spanish, but for other networks too. And I would pitch my good news story and I'd find this gem of a story. I'm like, people have to hear the story, but it would get turned down. And as you know, in the news, um, like the half hour of a newscast, usually the good news just gets relegated to like the last segment and it gets kicked out if there's more important news. So that's why they call my segment the kicker. And I was like, I don't want to be kicked out anymore. So I created my own platform almost five years ago with an ear infection in bed, not really knowing what it would turn into, how big it would become. Um, But I'm super grateful. I love it. I love my community. It's great. How did you choose Instagram as the place you wanted to um, start to create that community? Well, I figured that's where people are. You know, people are online. Um, That's where eyeballs are. That's where people are spending four or five hours a day. I mean, I think sometimes you forget how much time you spend online. And I actually also sold... TV airtime at a local TV station. And actually in the last three to four years, I was seeing that um, we were also selling digital and really that's where people were. So I just figured go to where people are um, with the good news. And so Instagram is our um, strongest of the platforms, but we're definitely, you know, seeing where people are and moving, moving to where they are to give them good news, you know, whatever platforms they're using. So you begin on Instagram because that's where people are. And what was the initial concept and how would you say the the account has evolved over time? What have you learned and, and what's changed? 
Wow. So five years ago, I was just kind of trying to shine a light on all the good news that was happening. But as we became bigger and bigger, we became more international. And so then I kind of felt a need to cover what's happening around the world. It started really just, you know, Massachusetts, United States. In fact, it started with Tom Brady. Whether you like him or not, this is how my story starts. <laughs> so basically a guy, it was a very tragic, tragic situation. A guy's house burned down in California and the only thing he saved was his Brady jersey. And so um, Tom Brady caught wind of uh, this guy's story. He saw the picture and he's like, who can help me get in touch with this guy? I want to help him out. I'm a journalist. I was on my sofa right behind me and I was like, well, let me see if I can track him down. I did. I tracked him down and I'm like, hey, Tom Brady wants to get in touch. And he's like, what are you talking about? You're crazy. And I'm like, no, no, he does. So Basically, when I did connect them, Tom Brady shouted out to Good News Movement. And all of a sudden, overnight, I have all these like football fans, Pat Nation following. I don't know much about football, but I was I was uh, very glad that that was the that was a start to Good News Movement. And then it just kind of took off from there. And then it was just head down, sharing as many good stories as I could find. Um, and it was fun. And during the pandemic, it was it was interesting because our numbers doubled in March of 2020. It went from half a million to a million in just weeks because everybody's like, what? We're living in a pandemic. How are we going to cope with this? You know, how are other people coping with this? So basically, we started showcasing stories from around the world. And, um, and that's where our following really grew. And that's a time where we were in desperate need for good stories. Um, not to say that we don't need them all the time. But yeah. that, I mean, that was a particularly fearful time. That's, that's actually when we got our account started was in February and March of 2020. Oh, really? There was so much news happening. And was like, initially friends and family were like, what's going on? And then over time, more and more people. And, and um, you have Tom Brady. I had Joe Jonas, who like told the world <laughs> about the account. I love at, it. At some point, uh, which is very cool, very unexpected. Um, and so it's grown. Uh, you know, you're more than 4 million now. Um, what is your process like? Because I imagine your DMs must be jam-packed every minute, Michelle. How do you identify <laughs> the stories that you post on the account? It's a good question. I get the question a lot of whether there's parameters or what topics we prefer. And quite honestly, there isn't a topic I prefer more than another. And it's kind of like, I mean, obviously, being a journalist for over a decade, I kind of have a sense of what works. But just as a human, too, like if I cry to something, if it's something moves me, then I figure it'll move people, too. So I try to read as many messages as I can. Um, and sometimes I'll even go back on the messages because, yeah, they do come in quite frequently, which is a testament to the fact that there is a lot of good news. Some people say, is there even enough to report on? And I'm like, oh, my gosh, just look at my DMs. It's it's unreal. The amount of stories that I get. Uh, constantly. It's just there previously there hadn't really been a centralized way of collecting these good news stories, right? Like people might go to their local TV station and maybe they'd end up on a national show. But now people, you know, are familiar with good news movement. So they're like, they'll see something and be like, oh, that's similar to my story. And then they'll send it over. So um, I tell people the name is good news movement because um, the word movement is because it's really a collective movement of people sending me their good news. I mean, my team is literally 4.6 million producers, people sending me their own stories of their good news. So it's awesome. It's nice to have four and a half million producers, a lot of people to manage though. Um, totally. Do you have anyone though besides <laughs> you curating? Do you have a team or is it just you? Well, I would say 
not even we're not even curating i mean sometimes we're on the field doing original reporting um sometimes people do send us stories we have to verify or edit them um but ultimately yes i'm the last human before something goes live i make sure i'm i'm happy with it and the same way i treat any like tv news piece is the same way i treat anything that goes on good news movement if there's any shadow of a doubt that I'm not, you know, if I'm not sure about it or if it's too soon to, to post, then I won't. I'm super cautious. And I know there's a big responsibility, even though it's just social media, you know, it's how people are getting their information. So um, I take it very seriously. And um, yeah, so yeah, it's, you know, people say just social media, but at the end of the day, that's where we are. I mean, I don't really scroll. Or, I mean, I don't really visit websites or web browse anymore that's something i used to do um you know i'll get a couple updates from my usual sources but um but it's changed so i'm just changing with with people's habits i guess talk to me though if if i am you know uh, like many people inundated by bad news every day beyond your instagram account are there good websites or good sources that you've seen out there that do a good job of, of collecting these stories or telling these stories any any um any media outlets that you like the way they approach this yeah, I mean, there's one, I would say he's my inspiration. I'm glad you asked this question because I think uh, the ultimate storyteller is a guy in the middle of Minnesota who had plenty of opportunities to go uh, on the network level and he's decided not to. His name's Boyd Hoopert. I met him in Florida and he's the most wonderful storyteller that people don't know about. And everyone, please Google him because he's fantastic. He's he changed the way I tell stories. I mean, before it was kind of like you got your one and a half minutes, two minutes, and you kind of go through the essentials to get the story out there. But he really, it was just the way he told a story, it was beautiful. It was like a piece of art. So um, that forever changed me. And there was one story that went viral too. It was like this little toddler who became friends with this an elderly neighbor and they forged this amazing friendship. Um, and the neighbor is like in his nineties. And so, um, yeah, he's great. I could talk about wait, Boyd. Wait, Hooper sorry, Boyd, Boyd Huppert is his name? Uh, Hooper. H-U-P-P-E-R-T. When I was at CBS News, um, one of my roles, my last role there was executive producer of the Evening News, the national newscast. Mm -hmm. And we would have the same deal that you uh, recalled earlier, a kicker. You know, we're going to tell mm -hmm. you, we're going to have a 20-something minute newscast once you take a commercial. Yep. Uh, and we're going to save 90 seconds at the end to tell you something positive about the world. And there's a <laughs> yeah. storyteller at CBS named Steve Hartman. Yep. Um, and I know you feature some of his stories in the past. And literally, it's his mission every Friday night, if you tune in around 6.52 p.m. Eastern, or uh, if some people central time, it's 5.52. Um, he will tell you a compelling story and two times out of three, we'll put you in tears um, at the end of the podcast, uh, at the end of the broadcast, showing you that yes, there is good in the world. What have you learned, Michelle, through this process now nearly, nearly five years in? You know, it's funny, a lot of times on posts, people will put the hash hashtag faith and humanity restored. To be honest, I always had faith in humanity and I'd seen it like on the field. And so for me, it's just kind of a reaffirmation of, of what I knew the whole time. And I really, for me, this wasn't like a business model or like a plan to, to do good news movement for any other reason than it's really an extension of the stories that I was always um, kind of pulled to do. Like these stories called at me and I really wanted to tell them. And so I think one lesson that I learned is that even though it's hard for people to ask for help, 
it's amazing the amount of strangers that don't even know you that are willing to help. Like we featured a story of a boy uh, named Austin and uh, he didn't have anyone show up to his birthday parties for the past few years. And we put out one post asking people to send him birthday cards and he got over 10,000 birthday cards. And it was funny because I couldn't post his information on the caption. So I was copying and pasting in my DMs, Austin's address to everybody. Um, but it was well worth it because he had an awesome birthday. And it's just this community is, is wonderful. It's wonderful the kinds of things. Just creating a network to connect people has been remarkable. Uh, there was one story and sometimes I can't read all of these requests, but there was one request. Um, some lady wrote to me and was like, Penny Lancaster follows your account. And I didn't know who she was, sorry. But I looked her up and it was uh, Rod Stewart's wife. So this girl wanted me to connect with Rod Stewart to see if he could send a little message for her uncle who was in his last days. So he did. He actually sung to this, uh, to this man in his last days. Uh, he sang that, that song like, you're in my heart, you're in my soul, that one. And uh, the guy was super happy. And two days later, he passed away. And the family like wrote me this beautiful card uh, of how much it meant. So for me, that's super gratifying. I think that's the best reward for all the hard work that I've put into it is seeing that I can even make a little bit of a difference. I, you're making a huge difference. Um, yeah. uh, um, um, amid everything we're dealing with, amid everything we have to read about. I mean, it's so funny. I, I got a note yesterday before I even promoted that we were talking from somebody who's like, Moshe, it's been a really depressing day. Do you have any good news for us today? And I'm like, <laughs> it's funny you should. It's funny you should ask that. Tune in tomorrow night. Right. Um, right. The, be, be, you know, like, and you've told literally, you know, more than nearly 2,500 stories um, on this page. Are there others that um, have really touched you or made an impact? Not to say that one is more significant than another, but in the nearly five years you've been doing this, um, you know any more memorable ones in terms of how the, maybe how the story came to you or the impact it had? Yeah, there, there have been amazing stories. Like there was, there was one story I thought was really sweet and it was about a garbage collector. Actually, interestingly enough, two of my favorite stories are about garbage collectors. One in Colombia, my mom's from Colombia, and the garbage collector would find all these great books, all these great novels that people were just throwing out. And he actually made a library in his home, open to the public, and he showed me pictures. There's literally not a space he could fit another book in his library. And I just thought that was really sweet. It was a, just a sweet story. And now he has like this community and a nonprofit and he travels and donates books. So that's one story. And oddly enough, my other favorite story is a garbage collector who during high school, he'd wake up at five or 6 a.m., um, do his route and then go to class. And he actually was admitted to Harvard and actually we're, we're friends from Insta friends to real life friends. And now he's actually putting together um, an award kind of, he's going to do like an award show for, um, for all the service workers at Harvard university. So it's pretty cool. I love it. You know, just being able to, to learn these stories. I mean, that's the reason I became a journalist is to have like a front seat into the lives of all these different people that are so interesting to me. All right. As we head into warmer weather across much of the U.S. in the coming months, one way to stay cool and continue to get a good night's sleep is by checking out Bull and Branch Bedding and Sheets. They're a brand that we love here at Mo News. We only endorse products that we love. And we've been using Bull and Branch for more than two years now in our home. The sheets have been great soft, breathable fabric that works for both cold and warm weather. 
we noticed the quality immediately and have gotten a few different sets in our house. I know Jill has as well. They're made with 100% organic cotton, completely free from toxins. I know that is very important to a number of you. And it's not just sheets. They have blankets, duvets, pillows, a whole variety of products to ensure you get a good night's sleep. And right now, they have a great deal for the Mo News community. Go check them out. I promise you will not be disappointed. Again, they get softer with every wash. So the deal right now is 15% off your order when you use the promo code MONEWS over at bullandbranch.com. That is bullandbranch, B-O-L-L-A-N-D, branch.com, promo code MONEWS for 15% off. Exclusions do apply. See site for details. Talking to Michelle Figueroa of the Good News Movement, the founder of the Good News Movement. She has a new kids book out that we haven't talked about yet, but yes. I'm going to talk about. Um, a Good Thing Happened Today. Michelle, from uh, traditional television to Instagram, okay. and now you're an author. How did it happen? I'm an author. It's wild. Actually, my first job out of college was at Houghton Mifflin. Uh, I don't know if you guys are familiar with Curious it's George. Big, Houghton Mifflin is a publisher. Yeah. yeah, so that was my first job out of college. So I never thought I'd be on the other end. Basically, I thought, what a great idea to take all these good news stories for people that aren't online and kids that are four to seven years old, well, most of them aren't at least on social media. So I figured what a great opportunity to take these real life stories and inspire children from a young age, you know, during story time, it's just all these stories are just lovely of um, kids doing good. So there's, for example, like there's this little girl in Holland who was sad that all her elderly neighbors were feeling depressed during the pandemic. So I don't know if you heard that story, but she actually got the postal office to send her a uniform and she delivered all these handwritten notes. So we featured that in the book and, and many others. So, so this is a good thing happened today. Um, Harper Collins approached me about this and it's really nice to have something tangible in a world of social media and, you know, things that kind of scroll, down this will stay forever when i'm 100 years old i can say i i am the good news movement founder and here's something i did what's cool about what i thought was very cool about this children's book is you are basically um cartoonifying uh illustrating yep. uh, actual stories that you've told on the account how did you go about uh picking which stories that you uh, want to include in the it's, book it's so hard I kind of felt like flashbacks of when I was a news reporter and had to pick like what story I want to do and condense it to a minute for the broadcast. I felt the same way. There were so many wonderful stories here. Um, I did favor Columbia because my mom, you know, she's she's in her 80s. So I wanted to make her happy. So I have a couple of stories from Columbia. Uh, I have a story. Um, about in Kenya, about a guy who drove hours to give animals water and uh, he just did it on his own dime. And thanks to Good News Movement uh, featuring it, we're able to get funds for him to actually um, be paid for the work that he does. So that's also a cool thing is helping out people that aren't compensated for the awesome things they do. Like the other day we had a teacher who on his 50th birthday, instead of asking for gifts, he gave the whole school ice cream. So I was like, that is so nice. So we did a little fundraiser and we raised enough money for him and his wife, thanks to all the followers, uh, to go to Europe. So wow. that feels good, for sure. Having, I, it's, it's so rare in journalism to be able to translate your story into impact. Because those of us, I mean, we've worked in newsrooms, told stories, you go in, you gotta report what's going on. You move on to the next thing the next day, typically. Um, and oftentimes, you, you know, you can't catch up with the 
the people you've told the story about or right. connected in, and this is what I think is so cool about social media is connecting the audience with the people in the story. Absolutely. It's just a wonderful thing. And you know, we're all just, I think we're just all so close to another yet so far. So it's nice to always have these little excuses for people to reach out to each other and do good. And I feel like what happens not only with, with all of us, no matter our age, with kids and adults alike, is that there's so, we get kind of overwhelmed with the idea of being a leader, making a difference in the world. So I think what's good about the page in the book is that it gives examples for people to replicate. You know, they see something um, online and they're like, hey, I'm going to do that. Is that okay? And I'm like, of course, <laughs> go ahead, do it. Send me what, whatever, whatever moments you capture, you know? So if it can inspire people to do good, I, I'm just you know, all here for it, you know, for all the, all the people that reach out to me wanting to, to do stories and do good in the world. There's so many people that, you know, want to change the world. And I'm here to say you can. One more question related to the book. Um, what sort of feedback have you gotten? I know you're doing right now a kindness tour, right? Yes. And oh, yeah, someone shouted out to Ramona Kalitsky, my illustrator, who's awesome. She's in Germany. And I haven't met her, but that's an excuse to go to Germany. You haven't but met yes, your illustrator. She no. Did a, she did a wonderful job with the book that's beautifully, beautifully, beautifully written and beautifully illustrated. It's gorgeous. And I also love what I learned from the process is that, you know, you write the script as the author, but sometimes the way they interpret it is totally different. Um, for example, like she had an illustration of a little boy finding a bird that had like a little broken leg and she was helping him out. And so she kind of brought to life the words. I wasn't even thinking of boy helping a bird, but <laughs> she created that scenario from the words that I had. So uh, that was terrific. And you asked me about the kindness tour. Yeah. So, so tell what people about I, it. Yeah. Yeah. I, I need to have like some like Winnebago company sponsor me <laughs> to have the kindness tour written on the, <laughs> but not, that hasn't happened yet. So if you're out there, please feel free to contact me. But basically I've gone to I think seven or eight schools already, a few in New York, seven in Massachusetts, I believe in Connecticut and North Carolina. And basically I go there, I read my book and part of the most adorable and entertaining and gratifying part is that the kids come to the front of the stage and tell me what their good news is. So it's really a moment for them to celebrate each other and I remember the first kindness tour I did was after the super tragic shooting in Texas. And it was kind of like, is this still happening? And people were like, yes, we need something to uplift the kids, to make them feel hopeful um, and to show them ways that they can make the world a better place. So we actually went forward with it and it was fantastic. I got wonderful feedback and the nicest thank you notes from the kids. Um, and basically it was a kindness curriculum, showing them ways that they can make the world a better place, things that they can do, whether it's with their classmates or whether it's with their families at home to make a difference. Talking to a couple of you are asking, this is Michelle Figueroa, the founder of the Good News Movement. She has a new children's book, A Good Thing Happened Today. Um, we we're just talking about her kindness tour. Um, so if you, if you have kids or you are an educator or um, you want to expose a school nearby you to uh, Good News Movement and what Michelle's doing, she's doing a kindness tour right now. Um, so what's the best way, Michelle, to, to uh, communicate with you, to reach out to you? 
So the best way for me to actually, and I'll, I try to see my DMs, but there's an email button. And so I can more clearly see a subject line kind of Instagram kind of doesn't, do, <laughs> doesn't delineate that subject line so much. So email button on my uh, good news movement profile and I'll see it. I'll try to get back to you, but yeah, kindness tour. I will work around the clock. I'll go anywhere. And motion. I were joking. If it's an exotic location, like if there's someone in Bali who needs me to give them good news, I'll go to Bali. I will make that sacrifice. <laughs> <laughs> yeah, especially if you're if you're a school teacher in Hawaii, she's very interested. Uh, very interested. Uh, there. Um, what What's next for Good News Movement? As you, you, we were talking just before we went live. You're like, Moshe, I'm almost at half a decade uh, with this. I know. With this account, uh, September marks <laughs> five years. So happy early fifth birthday. Thank you. Um, what's next? What's What's the vision for it? Where Where do you want to see it go next? I feel like it's just amping up the pace and doing more and more because I feel like people are like you mentioned earlier, some people message me and are like, I am having a bad day. Everything I see is bad. And I'm like, no, 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 wait, <laughs> I'm going to post. So it's just basically head down, working hard, uh, write more books, do more of the tour and serve people in any way I can open to ideas. But that is my mission is to show people all the good in the world. And as a journalist, I've always said, we're not fully informed unless we're getting the good news too, because that's a reality that's happening, right? And so people are like, well, you're Pollyannish. And I've had people kind of scoff at me like, oh, you know, yeah, cat saved from a tree. And I'm like, no, that's not all that I'm doing. I'm talking about lifesavers. I'm talking about people in the middle of a natural disaster, risking their own life to save somebody. Um, these are all really important. And actually the BBC asked me, like, how could you talk about good news with all all the tough times we're going through. And I'm like, if you look back historically, we've always had tough times, right? I mean, natural disasters, war, stock market, you know, all these things have been a factor in our lives, yet we've always also had all these wonderful humans helping each other out, even more, especially during the dark times. So um, I think it's just a matter of people deciding to unsubscribe or not watch all the doom and gloom and then kind of subscribe to more positivity. Yeah, it's, it's, it's a balance, right? You don't want to be totally ignorant about what's happening in the totally. world. But at the same time, Absolutely. you know, we, we both work in traditional media. Like, how, how does traditional media decide a story? Does it have conflict in it? Um, is it something rare? You know, oftentimes what makes news is not what happens every day, but the thing that doesn't happen every day. And unfortunately, mm -hmm. it's usually something negative or something bad. You know, like I tried to make a point recently, somebody threw out the, the statistics recently, Michelle, on airline safety, because the only stories we present in the media are like a crash or a near miss or an incident. Right, right. But if you look at the hundreds of millions of miles that are flown by planes, the millions of passengers, etc., um, I think there were three incidents in the last 14 years right. out of all the flights that happened. And we don't do a good enough job, and I'll admit this as somebody who's worked in, in this profession, like of reminding people of those things because we're trying to get you to watch air scare tonight after the commercial. Right, and people kind of think also, you know, if somebody's saving a life, oh, well, that's not news because they didn't die. And it's like, well, why isn't saving somebody um, given equal weight in a newspaper? You know, I don't think the news 
cash should be all positive, but I think at least good news should have equal weight because I mean, that's kind of more, if you think about your life on a day-to-day -day basis, the people you see, the people um, you surround yourself with, the things that you witness, I'm sure it's more positive than negative. So it's like, why, why are we being told all that's wrong with us instead of the stuff that's right with us? And there's a lot right with us, so. Yeah, no, it's, um, I mean, there's been studies on this, in fact, there's a study comparing American media to international media when it came to COVID coverage. And I think um, a lot of the European press was 50-50 and positive negative during the height of COVID. Mm -hmm. And American media was 90% negative, 10% yeah. positive um, in that first year. Michelle, now that you've been doing this thing on, on Good News Movement on Instagram, you're still, you know, you still work um, as a reporter. Um, and contribute to kind of traditional media. Has, has what you've learned here impacted um, what you're pitching, what's getting on TV, the types of stories you're telling there? I'm not even going to other media anymore because now I have my platform that reaches more people than traditional media. So I can reach them directly. And it's so gratifying, Moshe. I've been rejected my whole life. <laughs> so it feels really good to, if I find a story, like I don't have to check with a news director. And I mean, listen, they're doing their jobs. And at the end of the day, news is a business. And for them to shake that that formula that's worked for them yeah. um it's going to take something because there's advertising dollars on the line but now you see ever and i'm not giving myself credit i'm sh surely there's been other other good news um accounts as well but there has been more of a movement to create good, good news verticals on these traditional legacy networks in fact people will say almost on a weekly basis they see us on the today show like I've helped the producers over there. They're, you know, I've helped their jobs a little bit, but I'm just happy that to see more good news in general. I mean, I think if that, if we can see more good news across all media um, and I made a little bit of an impact on that, then I'm, I'm really happy to see it because I think, like you said, there have been studies that show consuming negative news makes us anxious and depressed and conversely consuming positive news inspires us, makes us hopeful, uh, motivates us. So um, we need to kind of be careful with what we're feeding our mental diets, whether it's online or on, on TV. Thousand percent. One question I wanted to get to was verifying stories, because as we know the expression, something is too good to be true. Oh um, boy. How do, how do you, how do you yeah. suss out because, you know, people unfortunately will take advantage even of the best accounts, the most positive accounts. How do you make sure what you put up on Good News Movement actually happened oh uh, yeah. Yeah. yeah it's i mean i'm that's where the journalism background comes in handy because uh we've been through those situations you know always like go to the source directly because sometimes what outlets will do is see what other media is doing and then what happens is then you're trusting other media outlets to get it right so i learned you know in those days of doing tv news news reports of going directly to the source attributing if there's any shadow of a doubt uh, whether the story's true, we've killed it. And sometimes it's been a good story and we're like, oh, but maybe it's a little too good and everything kind of fits a little too, too perfectly. Luckily with Good News Movement, um, knock on wood, I'm gonna jinx myself, but no, up until this moment, we've, we haven't had any issues with anything coming back to us. I mean, sure, we've had maybe a typo like anybody, but um, I take it very seriously and I'd rather wait on the information. And sometimes, you know how it is in the news world and it's natural to want to be first, but then I'm like, no, let's just wait. So what if we're fifth or sixth, but we'll get it right. And that that's more important, I think. And on social media, there's kind of like, there's no regular 
population, a lot of people can have news in their handles, but they're not news sites. And yeah, that's kind of my only worry with, I want to inspire people to create good news accounts, but be very careful, you know, go to the source and be very careful what you share. I mean, I get it daily. Like, why yeah. are you reporting this yet? Why are you reporting this yet? I saw this mm -hmm. in this place. I'm like, well, who is that person? What is their exactly. background? Have they verified it? I mean, we see it all the time, especially, unfortunately, natural disasters. Oh, my God, this photo is crazy. It's like, well, that photo is from five years ago from a different incident. Right. Um, and, you know, I, I, people will often ask, and I'm, and I'm curious to see your advice here, like, what can I do to create a better environment on social media, right? And I would say the first thing from my end is don't just immediately share everything you see. Like, it's important to take, take a moment to Google it, see if it's somewhere else. Mm -hmm. um, there are ways that you yourself can be a journalist and suss things out and vet things. And I'm wondering, Michelle, you know, you have an account mm -hmm. where the four million, you know, almost five million people follow you now. You have such a great impact. There's a lot of Thank people you. out there who want to put good into the world. What can they do on yes. social media or in their life um, to be able to, to, to do that, to uh, accomplish that day to day? Well, a lot of times the stories that I'm getting are stories of somebody doing good and I'll showcase them and give them credit, of course, in the caption. They get motivated to do all these good things and that they kind of take off on their own journey. So I, I love that. I think that's wonderful. And I'm here for it. You know, I'm here to support anybody who wants to put more good out into the world. And just little ideas like my son was giving out plants to strangers on the street during Marathon Monday here in Boston. And it was just this, like sweet little act we just got like five plants and at first we kind of looked at each other like what stranger should we talk to <laughs> and it was kind of awkward at first but then it was super fun and it was wonderful to make people's day and I got lots of people writing to me like I did the same with my kids so um yeah I think it's great putting the good out into the world just careful with the news and and make sure you know you're really confident about what you're sharing because it can be tempting to share it right away and I would just caution people to yeah. Yeah. So one of the things on social media is you have a tendency to share what makes you really angry or share yeah. what you really love and reinforces your worldviews. And sometimes those are extreme and sometimes they didn't actually happen or they're being spun in a certain way. Um, yeah. And, and that's very important to, to take a moment as hard yeah. as it is sometimes and just see if it, you know, suss it out, Google it. Um, see it from see both sides. Also. Yeah. I have to shout out to you, Mosh, because I think out of all the journalists, and I follow, you know, I'm a news junkie, I follow all the outlets. I have to say that you're very objective and, you know, you'll very fairly treat a story. And you can tell, like, I can't even tell what your political, I have no idea. And that's good. You know, I really like that you're just sharing the facts and people need that. People need to just hear the facts, you know, because sadly some outlets, they go too many directions and we just need people to stay in the truth. And that's when you do such an excellent job. And that's why you're so successful. I mean, it's, that's why you have all these people following you because they know they can trust uh, what you say and what you put out there. Well, I, I appreciate those kind words, Michelle. Thank you. Um, I try my best. Um, unfortunately, in our old world and traditional media, um, partisanship sells, extreme stories sell, hyperbole sells. Um, and that's one of the challenges we have. Though I do think as we deal with this trust deficit, you know, it's so interesting, there's a study last year that out of like 40 countries we are compared against, um, mainly in Europe uh, and, and around the world, Americans mm -hmm. trusted their media less than the 39 other countries. We were least trustworthy of our media. And I do feel like the emphasis on negativity and the lack of positivity could be a factor there, don't you think? 
You know, you're going to trust the source less if you don't feel it's accurately depicting the world. Yeah, and I would encourage people to surround themselves with people that don't agree with them. Sometimes we create like these silos of people that just are like, yes, men and women to what we think. And I love having, when I go out with my friends, they're from all kinds of backgrounds and, and political leanings. And I love it because you're getting different perspectives. You know, why not listen to someone in their perspective it's, if it's different from you? I think that's really good. And I think that's what we need more of. And I think that's good news movement is actually a like we do not share politics because there are plenty of pages that share politics and we have much more in common than we have different. And this is a testament to it. There's no politics on my page at all. And there's um, almost 5 million, actually including all platforms, it's 5 million followers. So you know, there is a lot to share that doesn't make you angry, yell, scream, whatever you do when you're angry. And, you know, my stories also become very popular. A lot of times, you know, the news outlets weren't going to share good news because, oh, nobody wants to see that. If it bleeds, it leads. But then they saw our popularity and then they started to share similar content. And it does really well. I mean, 10 million views, that's it's remarkable. Some of these wonderful moments that I'm showcasing, the good news that I'm showcasing, that does go viral, actually. Amazing, amazing. Michelle, uh, the creator of Good News Movement, the author of, is this your first book? My first book, my first baby. A Good Thing Happened Today. Make yep. sure to get it wherever you get your books. Um, whether Thank it be you, Michelle. Store, whether it be Amazon, wherever you buy your books. Um, Michelle, um, I can't wait for the sequel. You have a lot of- Thank uh, you. Uh, well, it's in the works. It, I'm, it's already in the works? Yeah. <laughs> I don't waste any time, Mosh. I can't sit, sit still. <laughs> <laughs> I can't believe this has happened, Mosh. We've been talking about this and you're very popular and in demand. So I feel honored that I'm getting this. No, I apologize. I couldn't make it happen sooner. You know what's gotten in the way, Michelle? Bad news. No, we cannot let it get in the way, Mosh. I won't let it. In 2023, we'll not let the bad news get we in the way. We need to make this news. more of a routine. We need to, like, just do, like, a monthly what's happened this month. What's going on? Listen, what's the I'm, good news? I'm, I'm open to it. Let's discuss this offline and uh, see where we go. You have a question here on the bottom. Would you consider speaking at high schools? Yes. Yes. Definitely. And actually, I was quite a shy high school student. So, and I was like, not, had no idea I was going to turn into good news movement. And um, so high school can be tough. My son's in middle school. That can be tough too. So I would love any opportunity to speak to kids and um, make them hopeful for all the good that's in the world. So yes, that's a long-winded way of saying yes to Emmy. Michelle, thank you so much for doing this. This was so fun, Mosh. I hope to do it again soon. Thank you. All right, we'd like to thank Michelle Figueroa again for doing that Instagram Live, having that conversation with us this week, uh, letting people ask her questions. A reminder that you can follow her Instagram account at Good News Movement, and you can check out her new children's book, A Good Thing Happened Today. It's available wherever you buy your books, though I'll also include a link in the show notes in this app to make it easy. I want to thank you again for listening to this podcast. Please follow or subscribe to the show so you don't miss a single episode and leave us a review in the app store so we can continue to grow. And of course, you can follow us over on Instagram on the Mo News Instagram account at Mosh at M-O-S-H-E-H. I'll see everyone back here for the next daily edition of the Mo News Podcast.